0: moving forward. Hey, John Lim here. We've got a great episode today. It is my honor to welcome John Corcoran. He's a former writer in the White House Office of Presidential Letters during the Clinton administration and speechwriter for former California Governor Gray Davis. He's now an entrepreneur, having co-founded Rise25, hosts the Smart Business Revolution podcast, and is the author of several books. How are you today, John? I am great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. And John, I I left out one title that we share in common, Recovering attorney. Yes. (laughs) And in fact, I'm based in the D.C. area, and I discovered recently, I think we were trading emails, that you grew up in this area, if I'm not mistaken. I did.
1: Uh-huh. I grew up in – D. I was born at GW Hospital, Wow. lived in Bethesda, lived in Chevy Chase, and then after college, of course, when I was working at the White House, lived there as well. So i oh, very familiar with D.C. Amazing. So, John, yeah.
0: let me start with this. Uh, you had a, an incredible career that you built up here in the D.C. area, in the nation's capital. You're a lawyer. You also worked for the Clinton administration. Let's talk about what made you decide to become an entrepreneur. I'm curious.
1: Yeah, I think I'd always been curious about it, and I'd I'd always been interested in it, um, but I just kind of took a big detour. I I kind of went down the rabbit hole first in the entertainment industry. I was an early employee at DreamWorks, and then went from that to working at the White House because you can't turn that down. It's a great opportunity, and then – that led to one thing or another, and then I ended up going going back to law school. And then you graduate with a lot of debt from law school, right? <laughs> and um, so, what can you do? And you, and you know, you're kind of less employable when you graduate from law school than you were when you went into law school because you've got all this debt, right. And no, you know, only people want to hire you to be a lawyer. So I, I was a lawyer for a couple of years, and then started my own firm. And and then once I started my own firm, that's when I had more control over what I could spend my time on. And then that's when I just started going deep down the hobbit hole uh, building a blog and a podcast, which eventually replaced my income as a lawyer. And so it gave me more freedom to focus on what uh, the type of stuff that I enjoy doing more.
0: So I'm, I'm curious, John. Uh, so you built up a firm, you built up your own practice. I mean, obviously, you worked very hard to do that. Were you looking to escape the profession by starting your own blog and, and exploring the, the content world?
1: Not entirely. I, I, you know, I enjoyed a lot of the legal work that I did. I just knew that I wanted to have a bigger impact. You know, it actually started with, I I always wanted to write a book. And so at the time, you know, the advice that people were giving was, well, if you want to write a book, you need to build an audience, which means you need to start a blog. So I said, okay, I'll do that. And I started a blog and I started writing about legal topics because I was a lawyer. And I realized that was boring as heck. No one (laughs) wanted to read that. People would come, read it, and then go. It was just really bad. So I pivoted it. I started writing about entrepreneurial topics and then pivoted even more niche down talking about really relationship building, connecting in the business world, developing clients through connecting, networking, although everyone hates the word networking. Right. It's, I started focusing on that topic and that's when things kind of more took off for me.
0: Oh, that's amazing. And uh, share a little bit of what you do with Rise25 because I think is really interesting and I would love for you to unpack a little bit of how that came about.
1: Sure. So with the blog with Smart Business Revolution, I started just giving people generally advice about how to connect in a deeper way with prospects, referral partners, strategic partners. It's something that I've done throughout my career. You know, I, I went from a party school, English major at a party school at 22 years old to a year later, I was writing the president's words at the White House. Wow. And it's because I was good at building relationships with yeah, people, right? Yeah. It wasn't because it was the smartest tool in the shed. That's for sure. You know, and so I really focused on that. I really focused on relationship building, and, and, I, and I wrote about it. And then I connected up with a business partner, uh, actually through podcasting. He was a podcaster as well. His name's Dr. Jeremy Weiss. He, like I, he's a recovering chiropractor. I'm a recovering lawyer. <laughs> and we just started with one small event, did one small event for about a dozen people, a little mastermind format type thing. We really enjoyed it, and we just kept on going from there. And so it's been about four years now that we've been business partners focusing on this. And we like to think of it as what we do right now is we help people to connect with the other prospects, referral partners, and strategic partners who they want to connect with. And we do that through a free podcasts, we do that mm-hmm. through blogs, we do that through live in-person events, and we have a done-for-you service also connecting them through their ideal prospects online. So we're uh, essentially what we do is we help people to connect with the people they want to connect with.
0: I love it. And I, I'm so curious. I mean, was this an idea that you, you had uh, during your time getting into content? Or did this come about through discussions with your, your now business partner? Because I, I, it sounds like such yeah. a different type of path to take from what you were doing before. It was an evolution. You know, honestly, I don't think it's a it's a huge it's not a
1: huge difference from what I did before, because, you know, our clients are still entrepreneurs and business owners, Mm -hmm. which is who I served as a lawyer. You know, I did a lot of different types of law, but I eventually gravitated towards working with business owners and entrepreneurs, because that's who I really enjoyed working with. And it really took my business partner one day said to me, you know, you know, you know, what I what I realized about you is that. You are a trusted advisor. When you were a lawyer, you were a trusted advisor to your clients. You're still a trusted advisor to your clients. You're giving them advice and counsel. You're no longer filling out legal documents, drafting contracts, drafting complaints, filing litigation, but you're still a trusted advisor. And so I view what we do now as kind of an iteration of what I did before essentially. right.
0: Yeah, it sounds like definitely that's a philosophy that you've carried throughout your life, both as a lawyer, working in the Clinton administration, and now as an entrepreneur. So uh, this leads me into my next question. So John, at the heart of it, what would you say is your big why? What gets you up in the morning?
1: I think it's really it's that piece about helping people to connect in a deeper way. I mentioned earlier, people hate networking, or they hate the word networking, because they've all had a bad experience with it. We've all been at it some kind of networking event or cocktail party or something where some person comes up and s- stuffs their business card in your hand and is trying to sell <laughs> or you on something. it in
0: your face, you know?
1: right? And it doesn't need to be like that. Yeah. There, you know, there's so many tools today. Twenty years ago, we didn't have social media. We got social media to connect with people. We, you can connect with people all over the globe. It can give you access to people you'd never otherwise have access to, and that essentially is connecting with people, with prospects, with referral partners, with prospective clients. And it's, it's wonderful, and it can be fulfilling and enjoyable. It doesn't need to be miserable for people. And so I really enjoy that, whether it's helping clients on a day to day basis and, and doing it for them or whether it's the events that we host. And and we we really enjoy doing those as well. We we do probably about ten to twelve events a year. We often partner with the conference. And what we do is we come in and we do like a VIP dinner, a VIP reception, a curated event. We don't just advertise it widely. We invite people in and we've done some really cool fun experiences like fun dinners or fun food walking tours, which is wow. fun, because you get to you get to meet different different people, and just kind of having fun with it. And, and and we get emails all the time from people who said, you know what, you know that person that I met at that event that you came to? Well, he and I started a business together. Oh my or, gosh. Or you know that person that... Uh, you met yeah, he and, he and I, our families are going on vacation this summer. And, you know, it's so cool to see that happen. So that's really what's fulfilling for us.
0: I love it. And and John, that is such a great story. And I love your mission and your passion. So as we're speaking today, in 2018, what do you what do you think is the biggest challenge or some of the biggest challenges you face in achieving that goal or that big why?
1: For me or for the the clients? Uh, for you. For me. Interesting. Um I think for me, the biggest challenge is it's probably getting people over their uh, self-limiting beliefs. Mm. You know, I get emails from people every single day, from people thinking that there are barriers which don't exist. Now, we all have some barriers. I give you that, you know it could be physical. It could be geographical. It could be racial, gender, economic. We all have barriers. But time and time again, I hear from people who erect barriers for themselves or they, they think that the barriers are larger than they actually are. You know, sometimes they're perception. You know, they they think that, oh, you know, I go to this event, no one wants to talk to me mm. or no one's going to be interested in me because I don't have enough experience. I don't have eno- enough knowledge or I haven't been in the industry long enough. I haven't been in my job long enough. I'm not high enough on the food ladder, food chain, that sort of thing. I hear these things over and over again and they contradict with one another. You know, I get an email from one minute from one person who says, you know, I wouldn't be accepted in this community because I'm not tall enough. And another person says I, wow. I'm not accepted because I'm not short enough. Another person says because it's because I'm male. Another person says it's because I'm female. Another yeah. person says it's because uh. I'm too old. The other person says it's because I'm too young. And we're so fixated thinking about our limitations that they become barriers. Mm. And so that's really the number one thing is just convincing people to get past it, you know? And, yeah. you know, I grew up, My father was laid off three separate times when I was growing up, and each time we had to move across the country to a completely different community, leaving our friends and family behind, and it sucks to move as a kid and move into a new uh, class where everyone's known each other for a long time, and you're the new kid, and so I had to get back past these types of barriers as as a kid, and yet I realized that a lot of people carry this baggage with them through life. Yeah, you know,
0: I I think it and you're sharing something that I think resonates with a lot of people. So so John, I'm excited to ask you so you get an email like that. What can you share with our listeners and with me as well? What are some of the steps that you take in trying to cultivate a relationship trying to help someone break down those barriers?
1: You know, it's it's kind of what you pointed out there is, it's when you're trying to cultivate a relationship with someone who you perceive to be um, higher status than you, mm-hmm. right? Someone who is successful, someone who is is busy. Um, it starts with being of service to that person. It starts with not leading with a sales pitch. It starts with not thinking about yourself, but thinking about, okay, how can I just do something nice for this person. And it doesn't need to be something huge, and it also doesn't need to be related to your vocation. Oftentimes people think, well, I do ERP consulting, and so I need to provide advice to this person about ERP consulting. Well, no, that's not actually true. The truth is, if you can connect on a human level first and deepen a relationship in that way, then they build trust for you, and they're much more likely to then take your advice Related to your vocation, so I think just starting with delivering something of value and and connecting on a human way is a great way to. I, but to I start. Got,
0: I got to ask you because I I love the examples you shared. I mean, did you ever imagine that you'd be getting emails from people saying, "John, I don't fit in because I'm too tall, or I'm too short, or I'm this or that." I mean, is that something that you ever imagined that?
1: Not yeah, no. no I mean, no, not really. I, I, the the funny thing is, my so I'm it isn't too foreign to me, and in, in a sense, because. When I was growing up, my dad worked in in television journalism. Mm -hmm. He was a a local news reporter. And so when I was a kid, I had this weird experience of sometimes we'd be in a grocery store or a restaurant or something and people would recognize (laughs) him and they'd come up or ask for his autograph or something like that. And yet I also had the opposite experience of my father losing his job Mm -hmm. and going from the kid in school who everyone knew who my dad was to everyone knew my dad just lost his job. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Real extremes, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's not easy to deal with, you know? And and so I've had, I've been through, I've experienced those types of struggles. And so I know what it's like for people to, to deal with those types of hurdles you have to overcome.
0: Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad you're sharing that on this podcast with our audience. Is that something that also helps cultivate trust when you are communicating with someone who's being very vulnerable with you that maybe you share some struggles that you went through and, and just relate to them. I love what you're saying that you just relate to them on a human level.
1: I try to always do it because I realized early on especially as I started to go from a behind the scenes lawyer helping people mm-hmm. to speaking with a microphone, speaking on podcasts and that sort of thing, I found it's it's very easy for people to misunderstand who you are. Yeah. Very very easy. And I even got an email from someone who I considered a friend who said, this was very early on when I started doing podcast interviews and stuff like that, who said, you know what, John, I don't feel like I can relate to you because you're this guy who worked at the White House who seems like you've just had every opportunity given to you. And I was like, whoa, I do not want that perception at all to get out there. And so I had to be clear to him, look. I'm someone who, you know, I know what struggle is like. I remember my parents struggling to pay the bills. I remember my father losing his job. I've lost my job. Mm -hmm. I know what it's like. So I don't feel like I I want someone, I don't ever want someone to think that. And I also don't want them ever to think that's an excuse for their own lack of, of success or achievement or or trying, you know, because I don't want them to think, oh, he's had every opportunity given to him because I haven't. Yes, we all have some opportunities. I mean, I wasn't born in Sri Lanka. I was benefit, I definitely benefit from being born in the United States, which is a wonderful place. And I had a great education growing up and everything. But I would say that it is, you know, it is true that you, um, you know, people do often have these limitations that just, they just, you know, let them hold themselves back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad that you're sharing that. And, uh, what an incredible story, John, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Yes, let's do it. All right. So I'm going to tweak this just a little bit because I'm so excited to have you. We've talked a lot about relationship building and in an age of social media, and I've spoken over the past couple of weeks with people on different about different platforms. Let's take, for example, LinkedIn. What would you say is the number one mistake you see people making on LinkedIn when it comes to building a connection?
1: Oh, that's, yeah. So I I think the the problem is the number one mistake that I see is people either leading with a sales pitch Mm -hmm. or leading with a no pitch whatsoever. You know, I probably get, I don't know, maybe, you know, 40 or 50 connection requests a week, mm-hmm. which is not a huge number, but the majority of them are just people don't say anything. Like, <laughs> there's use the uh, what the template field. <laughs> <It> <laughs> I'd connects. like to add you to my it, to my network, yeah, or whatever. Well, they, they do that too. Yeah, they either it says I'd like to add you to my professional network, or just like nothing at all. Yeah, and so you're left trying to figure out, hmm, why does this person want to connect with me? Is it because they're interested in something I can do for them? Is it because they have a service that they think that they can provide to me. And so often when you look at people's profiles, it's hard to really figure out. Sometimes you can't even figure out what a person does, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a major mistake, is either leading with a sales pitch or leading with just something that's boring doesn't give people an excuse to connect with you. And it's a big world. We've got 300 million people in the United yeah. States, 8 or 9 billion people internationally. So Give people a reason for why they should connect with you, even if it's just, you know, accept a connection request on LinkedIn.
0: I love it. That's a great, great advice. Give a person a connect a reason to connect with you. Hey, John, with the holidays around the corner, I'm curious to ask you, what do you think is your favorite gift to give this year or any particular holiday?
1: You know, I got a great one a while back. There's a website called cloud9living.com.
0: Oh, okay. and
1: it is, what they do is they share experiences. So you get a gift certificate for an experience and um, and you can cash it in with different companies that will provide that experience. So it could be like a wine tasting experience or a oh, cooking wow. class or salsa dancing class or something like that. I ended up cashing it in and I took my wife who's always wanted to jump out of an airplane uh, <laughs> and wants me to do it with her and I haven't gotten up the nerve to do it yet. Um, I took her indoor skydiving. Oh. There's a, I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's like a big yeah. wind tunnel yeah. thing, you know? It was really cool. So um, if you're looking for something creative and memorable, I, I don't have any stake in the company or anything like that, but I thought it was just a really cool gift, so I'd recommend that I one. I love
0: it. That's a great one. So are you eventually going to work up towards jumping out of that plane with your wife? Actually,
1: after that experience, I was closer. I was definitely closer. I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> I could do that. But, you know, we, we got three kids now and a fourth on the way, so I oh, don't know congratulations. the smartest uh, decision right, right now. Yeah, yeah. no, congratulations.
0: Yeah. And, John, okay. actually, that segues into my next question. So what is one small step or choice you're making today to move forward?
1: Small step or choice. You know, for for me, it's um, it's being proactive, Uh, Being proactive about constantly developing my network, you know, reaching out today. These days, it's primarily using LinkedIn, my podcast, going to events. Um, It's something I've done throughout my career. But you also have to remind yourself never to stop. You know, when we stop, we stop growing so uh you know it's something that even though I have been very fortunate to you know build build an audience behind my podcast uh build an audience behind my blog um and connect and and have a, a large network right now, I still proactively want to grow it. I still proactively want to meet interesting people there's people like yourself who you know we just connected recently mm-hmm. who are fascinating who have an interesting background. Um and, and recovering lawyers <laughs> and are recovering lawyers exactly, and have become smarter for it, you know, and so you know, I think that continuing to take those steps, whether it's going to a new event, whether it's you know coming and checking out a new organization, whether it's reaching out to some person that you 've admired from afar for a while and and just saying hello or getting together 3 or 4 people in your local community at a coffee shop or over lunch or something like that just so that they can meet each other and you're delivering value to all them. You know these little little simple steps, these little simple things that you can do. Look, do it from time to time, do it once a quarter or something like that. It will really enrich your life and it will really benefit your business if you do these things.
0: Hey, Moving Forward listeners, you can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. John, ready to do a little time travel? (laughs) Sounds good. All right. We're going to step into a time machine. We're setting the date for five years from today. You're going to meet your future self. Tell me, who is John in five years?
1: You know, I'm really enjoying what we're doing now. So I think I would, you know, I'm constantly interested in new things, but I would be happy if I'm doing what we're doing now, helping other business professionals to connect in a deeper way. With other business professionals in a way that doesn't feel sleazy, doesn't feel slimy, doesn't feel salesy. You know, I I enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing the types of live in person events that we've done and doing being able to do it in between those live events. So I'd be happy if I'm continuing to do
0: that. Oh fantastic. And maybe in five years you'll have that taken that step to jump out of the plane too. So maybe. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Dare to dream, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, John, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the great work that you're doing? Oh,
1: thanks so much. Um Smart Business is the blog and the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. Um Rise twenty-five is the umbrella company that I run with my business partner, Dr. Jeremy Weiss, who also is a podcaster inspired insider is his show. And, um, look, you know, go ahead, you know, hop on my email list and hit reply and say, hello, I answer all my emails. So I'd be happy to connect with you guys.
0: And just remember, if you do connect with John, he's already given you a little bit of a hint. Make sure you don't, you put a good reason to and start (laughs) that conversation. (laughs) We'll have all of that listed on the website. John, close out the show for us. Share some parting wisdom with our Moving Forward listeners.
1: Hey guys, go out there, connect with someone, uh, get outside of your comfort zone Go to an event um, or invite some people in your local community to get together with you over lunch or coffee or something like that. You'll be glad you did. You'll enri- enrich your life. It'll do great for your business. You'll get massive ROI. Ah,
0: oh, fantastic. What a great way to close out the show. John, I want to thank you so much. You taking time out of your busy schedule to, to share some time with me and with our listeners. It's really appreciated. Thank you so much. My pleasure, John. And moving forward listeners, check it out one more time, bemovingforward.com. If you want to follow us on social, it's at moving forward Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. And to all of our U.S. listeners, both here and abroad, I want to wish you a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Have a safe and wonderful holiday and join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week and remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.